First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This uh, headline caught my eye because I know how I feel on what should happen here. He killed six Muslims during prayer and then tried to kill six others. In fact, when Alexander Bissonnette walked into a Quebec City mosque, he was trying to kill everyone in his path. And he's already pleaded guilty to these things. So he is now in the sentencing phase in a Quebec court where the Crown is asking for a 150-year sentence. And that would be the longest sentence in the country. And his lawyer argues that it would violate his charter rights, would go against our Canadian values, that it would deny this killer any hope and deny him a part of our humanity. Right. So he wants a life sentence of 25 years. And I think many could rightfully argue that those he killed were denied their humanity that killing as many Muslims as possible during prayer would not be a Canadian value, and that he gave up any right to hope when he snuffed out so many innocent lives, not to mention destroyed so many more left behind. And in the months following his confession and his plea, he admitted months later he wished he had killed more. And so now apparently we are supposed to feel sorry for this guy and give him some sort of leniency? I think 150 years is being kind, but that's just me. Let's ask Lauren Honigman, global news radio legal expert who probably is cursing my name, but I know it's the job of the defense lawyer to do these things. Yeah. And it's my job to criticize. Our government changed the law on consecutive sentences for we never used to have that in this country, right? Yep. Used to be you, if you murder. 20 people, um, you know, you'd get 25, you'd get life in prison, no parole eligibility for 25 years. And now uh, consecutive sentences are allowed. And uh, we've seen it. Uh, we saw it here um, uh, with Mr. Millard. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen it before. So, um, uh, and I think what happens in this case, um, there is a principle of sentencing where you, uh, especially with a, a young offender, and I don't mean young offender as somebody under 18, I mean a youthful offender, somebody who is, is yeah. uh, younger, um, who could have the ability one day uh, to be rehabilitated and get back into society. Uh, you look at a transaction like this that happened all at the same time. You know, this isn't the same thing as suppose as a as a serial killer, for example, who murders once and then maybe five six months later does it again and then does it again. This this was one transaction that took place at one time or whatever. And so there's an argument to be made that although there are several lives that were lost here, it was all this one transaction and. This this case wouldn't be one of those cases where consecutive sentences would be appropriate. But yeah. I think your gut feeling and the way it hits you, uh, I think a lot of people um, uh, wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, th- this um, this offense, as I recall, was, I think it was used with Dylan Millard as well, or yeah. it might have been Mark Smitch, of saying, you know, it would be, uh, you know, it would be unfair not even to give him hope or give them hope right. to, to have a chance to get out, to which I say, Pfft. 
It well, I mean, but you could say well. what you just said. I yeah. can't imitate that. Only you could do with that sound. <laughs> but you could say that with respect to anybody who wants to argue against a consecutive sentence. And yeah. you say, well, you took two lives. You should do a minimum of 50 years. So you took three. You should do a minimum of seven. So you could say that with everybody. But there is, there is some discretion here. And there's a reason there's some discretion, because each case looked at its own facts. And so all I would have to say is this, Alex. If at the end of the day the judge rejected the Crown's argument and, and, and went with the defense argument of uh, life in prison, no parole, 25 years, uh, because of the, the fact that it was one transaction that took place at one time and, and that he is a youth and that there may be chances, or I, I don't think people should say this, there, there was any type of injustice here, but we'll have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see, but you know... Uh... It's it's not one of these uh, cases where uh, like we're talking about people in their most vulnerable state uh, praying p- praying in their place of yeah. worship. No, no, um, that is, that's an aggravating you know, factor. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, their backs would have been to him. They didn't have a fighting chance to even um, have uh, anything, any chance to fight back. And right. and the devastation he has left behind to me, it'll be such an injustice right. if he gets a twenty five with no parole. Just. Right. But isn't it, isn't it interesting, Alex, that I don't mean to segue, but, but isn't it interesting, the feelings that we, and everybody, when you talk about justice and injustice and how you feel, we do that with everything. You, you were talking earlier on your show about the, the, new, the new law about random spot checks. Oh, yes, we'll get into this. And no, no, and, and it's, <laughs> it's interesting because yeah. I know that, that to me it's an injustice that we haven't had random spot checks in this country being one of the worst countries with impaired driving deaths and serious injuries in the history of time right, and then, history of the car. Right, okay, but then you can change other parts of the law, because I agree with you. I mean, how many drunk driving cases have I covered where families have been yeah. erased or whatever, and you get like a two, three-year sentence or a five-year sentence, no. or you get nothing, or you get... I mean, w- 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 fine, change the charge. You can say, crim- uh, you can call it vehicular manslaughter, as and they I do in the United why? States. And I tell you why. I know what you're saying. But Go for you longer sentences. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why your idea hasn't worked and will never work. And it's for this reason. Because it makes the, sense. The deterrent yeah. in, in, in um, drinking and driving cases isn't the severity of punishment, it's the certainty of punishment. Raising a person's apprehension that he or she is going to be get will get caught. That's why in Australia and New Zealand, the, it dropped by 36% astounding figures. Why? Because you raise the apprehension. If you say, if our country said, the government went, you know what, from now on, a first conviction on an impaired, you'll lose your license for life. That still wouldn't deter the person who well, goes Well, okay, the but bar. hold on. We just saw Renata Ford go into court for the third time on a, on a third conviction for drinking and driving and essentially got a slap on the wrist. And, and, and I'm not going to try her case no. here, but again, we see this time and time and time again, Lauren, where you've got, you know, especially with drinking and driving, when you get them in and out of the system over and over and I over understand. again with multiple I convictions that, that if you actually gave them a sentence that was actually tough enough, like you can never drive Again, I understand that would but take random spot checks is a proven method of reducing impaired driving. The benefits in improved in improved road safety, lives that'll be saved, all of that outweighs, outweighs any uh, any uh, any uh, civil libertarians who are uh, worried about stigma or embarrassment. You don't even leave the car. Hey, look, it's I'm pretty tough on crime, so even if but I'm looking at this and going, but you're casting such a wide net. 
So what? Well, because what, what if what, I got... What co- do you care? What do you care about if, if you're... It, do you care, Alex, because you don't drink and drive? Do you ever care uh, if you're driving and the police, you, all of a sudden you come by a ride program and, they, and they, I, they, you roll down your window? Do you care about stopping when the officer says, uh, yeah, did you have anything to drink? To? Would you care if I, said, I wouldn't care. Just blow into this machine? I wouldn't have a problem. Well, but so, so I would have a problem if a cop pulled me over just because and started, you know, asking me for uh, a breath, you know, a breath test when I don't even have the right to say no. I mean, that's the that's the one part that really bothers me. You can't Why? even refuse. Why well, does that bother you? Well, because I, I just believe that my rights should also take a play. Like, it's like, you know, how do I know that that's, that saliva is not being kept uh, in, in a, some kind of data bank? I mean, it's you're if you don't... Saliva. Well, yeah, but you're, you're doing a breathalyzer. You're a machine. Like, right. So you, you don't get DNA out of any of that. But again, Lauren, we're talking about... If you are not a proponent of carting, then what's the difference? You're just carting vehicles. No, 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 no. Carting, you're taking information down. So no one would be taking information. Wouldn't be Lorne Honick been driving on this street at this day? No. No? Listen, listen. I I understand. Let let, let me be clear about something because I don't want people to say, like, he doesn't doesn't care about the potential, the potential profiling aspects. Of course, we don't want that. Well, that's what we do. No, 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 but you've got to weigh. You know what we do? We do this all the time. We weigh the benefits against the potential negatives. And the potential negatives do not nearly outweigh the benefits. And if you could say to yourself, and we would know, and if, I sh- if, if you knew today, Alex, that impaired driving deaths and serious injuries would go down and we, we looked into the future and it was 2020 and we looked back, you'd say to me, or you'd have to say, that was a really good law. And of course, do we worry about is there going to be something that somebody's rights may uh, at one point uh, be abrogated or there may be some issues? It happens all the time. Well, it, it does. It happened, in G- well, it happened at G20. And did I have a problem with it? Yeah. I mean, I, I almost got a arrested i had all my equipment seized because again that weekend police no 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 but but it's because police had a sweeping um amount of power that they had that weekend and and it was abused and so my concern is first of all if this was such a great piece of legislation it certainly got no time the liberals certainly didn't brag about it as much as their pot so they were not exactly transparent this only got caught by a few people that went oh hey i don't think that's cool i agree with you when it comes to um the protection of of people at large if it if it saves lives sure but i do think if you really want to send a message about drinking and driving you you put it into the murder catalog uh and you give no, higher okay. sentences I, I, I i'm sorry i see what i hear what you're saying but it won't change it. The only thing that works as a deterrent to drinking and driving is raising your apprehension. If you're the type of person who goes to a bar and says, you know what, I roll the dice, I'm okay with three, four beers, I can get from point A to point B, I've never been stopped yet, and I never go to the right spot checks. I check Twitter, I check everything because people warn where they are, but now you know, hey, at any time, you may you your apprehension now it may stop that person from doing and that's our only deterrent alex you could call it you could call it manslaughter you could call it murder and it's not going to change it if if that person who for whatever idiotic reason he or she cannot stop themselves from getting in a car where they're drinking when they're drinking 
then this may be the way to do it. And I get it. We, we don't want to abrogate rights, but we got to weigh things here. So I think this is long overdue, and I just hope it, I hope there's no issues. I yeah, hope well, that's what we're, 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 we're all hoping. I got to get going, Lauren, okay. on that note. But, 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 but I'll put this to you now. If, no, no, when we get cases coming into courts of someone who's been completely violated of their rights, I will call you for a comment. Okay, can't wait. <laughs> They'll probably be your client, but nonetheless, yeah. I will call you. Okay. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. <laughs> that is Lauren Honickman. Uh, he's right on a lot of things. I get it. Uh, but I also like my rights. It's just one of those funny things. You know, Omar Cotter should not have more rights <laughs> than us. Okay? On point on Global News Radio.